Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today we're on episode 66, and I am having an amazing conversation with Chloe D'Souza. She is a love, sex, and relationship coach. She's a five rhythms dance teacher and a dance movement psychotherapist, which is so cool. She holds over 20 years of intimate, deep space holding. She is passionate about empowering people to live their ecstatic sexuality and step into their self-leadership. Her approach is trauma-informed, backed by both modern science and ancient tantric wisdom. She has been called the MF of space holders and a queen of five rhythms dance facilitation. She offers one-to-one coaching courses and talks internationally on these topics. She's also a published author and Chloe believes that pleasure is everyone's birthright. Today, the podcast is called Sexy is an Inside Job. And I love this title because empowerment really comes from inside. We need to be able to manage our energy. We need to be able to take control of our own pleasure, our own desires and wants and needs and own them and become whole as a person in order to be a great partner. And so today we kind of talk about this sort of social and cultural side of shame and how it affects our sexuality, how it affects how we show up in relationships, uh, even how it affects how we show up in the club and just the importance of authenticity to our empowerment and to our ability to magnetize those that should be in our world to us. We literally are so magnetic when we are living our truth and when we are owning who we are. So I want that for all of you. That's the purpose of this podcast. It's why I do what I do. I want you to break free, to live authentically, and to be the best version of you that you can possibly be. So let's go on this journey and let's talk with Chloe. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. 
If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself. You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, I have a very special guest who just dropped in from the universe. I love my life. I love how this happens. Um, Her name is Chloe D'Souza. And Chloe, I'm so glad to have you here. She is a love, sex, and relationship coach. Chloe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Yeah, I, I'm so loving being here. I saw your show and I was like, oh my God, this woman is amazing. Um, so I'm a dance movement psychotherapist in my early days. I'm also an ecstatic dance teacher and you can't really dance without experiencing your sexuality. And it really got to a point where I had to step into ownership of that and do something with it. So I trained to be a love, sex and relationship coach. My job is an awful lot of fun and very, very tender all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just love people. People are great. Mm-hmm. And we struggle around this stuff and we succeed around this stuff. And somewhere, you know, you want free access to try and talk more, figure yourself out, all these things. And society wants to keep it a bit taboo. Mm-hmm. So people like you and me come along and we just take the lid off it. Yep. We're here to like blow things apart and spread this like new paradigm and shift the world. So here we are to do that. And so we're going to delve in. I mean, this conversation can go many different directions, but I we're just going to trust that it just goes the way it needs to, because I think there's so many fascinating things we can talk about. And I already know that we're like so aligned on so many things in like, you know, our 10 minute conversation before. Um, So love, sex and relationship coach. I love that. W- one thing you said, which just whoo, hit a nerve for me, not a nerve, like it hit a, a good nerve, but also a struggle that I've had my whole life is you said you cannot dance 
because I did tell you before, I was like, I'm not a very good dancer and not very embodied. And I have always struggled getting out of my very busy mind into my body, dropping into my body. Once I'm in my body, I'm very connected to my body. But for some reason, I have never let myself drop into my body when it comes to dancing. So the fact that you said you've got to tap into your sexuality, your sensuality to be in your body for dance. Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, when did you realize that? Like, why? Like, why would you say that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why would you say that? Yeah. Why would you say Um, that? (laughs) It was great. Just before the show, Karine said, oh, I'm a musician. And I was like, oh, I'm a dancer. And I think it was really beautiful. I was at university and lots of us used to hang out on Sundays and loads of the people I hung out with were musicians. Mm. And I was always dancing and I made myself so wrong. And then I was like, why don't you learn an instrument, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized it was so perfect because I was dancing and they were playing music and a load of us were dancing. Um, and it was just that's that's my place. That's that's my route in. So my body has always been my canvas, if you like, mm. for for my self-expression. And that's that's what's easy for me. But also I want to add here the sort of contradictions that exist in life, because there are so many that often people doing my job or who are dance teachers or embodiment coaches, it's because we struggle to get there. Mm. So, you know, there were times and if, if you read the chapter that I published recently, there were times when large amounts of my nervous system were very frozen because of trauma. Mm. And those were the times when actually I thought I was having great sex. I thought I was having great relationships, but actually, you know, my attachment was very avoidant. I've shifted that. And actually there was numbness in my body, whether you want to say which part that was, there was a large amount of my, around my heart there was more, I thought, you know, as a 20 year old, I was having great sex, actually, like my pussy was quite desensitized at times. So people like me come along to help defrost some of that trauma. Mm. And your story really moved me. Um, because also, if you cut one of my niches is undoing the cultural or social or family programming or religious programming. If you've been given messages as a kid that your body is not a safe place to be this 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 um splitting between spirituality and body when actually one for me that's one and the same that of course it's not a safe place to go lots of my clients have been praised for their academic achievement very very strongly as kids and then and then you know they had they weren't taught how to have great relationships they weren't taught how to have consensual sex in fact maybe quite the opposite so that so the head holds all this sort of um encouragement from mainstream society mm-hmm. and in the meantime there's all this bliss in the body going on mm-hmm. I and, think we like hold that program well I know we hold that programming in our in our heads right so like my program is breaking free from conformity and we undo the programming at a subconscious level and we use hypnotherapy as well to kind of lock it in so that it's really potent because the hypnotherapy gets beyond the thinking, right? And gets you out of your thinking mind into your subconscious. Um, and that's really, really powerful. But the the other element that, you know, we work on later is really like 
I don't focus as much on the embodiment side of things. Um, and I love that. Like I'm so into somatics and stuff because I, there's so much power in that. We do hold so much in our body and our, you know, we hold emotions in our body and, and allowing those to, to move through us is so, so, so important. Um, and you said something about like, you were very avoidant in your twenties. Um, and it's interesting because with my ex-husband, I was much more anxiously attached. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with my partner now, I'm much more avoidant, secure, you know, but I would, I'm probably, oh, I don't know, erring more on the avoidant side, I would say like more detached a little bit. And it's partly because I'm in a different season of life. And I'm very focused on, you know, as an entrepreneur, just my business, whatever. And I find it very hard to like transition, but I'm so content and happy. I don't really need anything. So I think that's probably where that comes from. It's just like, I'm just good. <laughs> and I'm not like longing for something. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you uh, have any insights there, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, there's so many places we could go today. Like you <laughs> said, so I think, you know, Lots of my clients actually are perimenopausal women or menopausal women. I also get people in their 20s and 30s. So what you're talking about here is very nuanced because with the journey that you've had, I would imagine that you've had to really befriend and and get this self-relationship going very strongly Mm -hmm. to make the decisions you made to step outside the box, which is what I'm all about. That's why my Feral Grace is my is my name, you know, on my websites, blah, blah, blah. In order for you to have stepped outside of society's conformity, you you had to really back yourself. Your self-loyalty would have had to have been at a level to take those risks, or you would have had to find it throughout that journey in order to keep going. Well, I think so, I found it in, you know, the person I was deconverting with. Yeah, I was very attached to that person until I found my own footing. And mm-hmm. I've often described it on the podcast, too, as like standing on a table with four legs, but one of the legs is knocked out. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, and it took a while to like, find my footing, where yeah. I wanted to stand and where I could stand without falling off this table, you know, and now it's like, I'm very secure in where I'm standing. Like I know, what I believe, what I don't believe, what I don't need to know. <laughs> and I think that's the most freedom is like, I don't need to know everything. And yeah. So perhaps did. your attachment style is not avoidant, but like where I, lots of my clients I want to get them to is like attaching to yourself. Yeah. So you yeah. are a whole meeting a whole. That's not avoidant. Well, atta- that's no, actually that's, very secure attachment. That is which has high levels of creativity. Yes. And if your estrogen level is dropping, which it probably is at the yeah. age you told me you were, like the caring of others starts to drop away a bit and we start to turn towards ourselves and like, what do we want to do? It's our turn now, mm. Oh my which God. is a beautiful phase to be in. So any anyone meeting you where you are now, anyone in relationship with you is just going to see this whole being mm-hmm. who, who's busy doing her now because it's that's the season that you are in. The Taoists um, call this phase the second spring Mm. because the ovarian energy shifts from creating children as the drive and you you start to use that chi 
um, and there's great techniques for this, to start to use your creativity in other ways. Boom, there goes your coaching business is up and running. There's your there's your podcast. There's your relationship with self. And you're a very exciting person to meet at this point in your life because you've worked a few things out and you know nothing all at the same time. But you, you kind of know where you where you want to be and you're shedding the stuff that's in the way of that. Yeah. So I, I love this perimenopausal backdrop and somebody who's done the heroine's journey, which clearly you have or are <laughs> on. Like, like, yeah, the loyalty level, the relationship with self is high here. And often that's what we need to build up in order to sort of navigate some of the decisions or behavioral different differences that people want to manifest. I wonder if there's still, like I said, I don't have shame about my sexuality and stuff, but I wonder if there's still a small level of shame left when it comes to um, the level of self care Mm. that, because I even like four years ago, I started looking at self care and I couldn't say the word. Like it was abhorrent to me and I just felt sick because self-care was just selfish because for me as an anxiously attached person my anxiously attached to my ex-spouse that's like that's how it was because he brought out all my insecurities right because he was very avoidant very secure in who he was just kind of like didn't need anything and I was like ah, this does not go with the model that I've been taught. So um, with that, him looking out for himself felt so selfish to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just was like, it went against all the stories and all the teaching that I'd had of, of what, what you do for others, like what's kind and loving, you know? And, and to me, it equated not being kind and loving right? It was like all the things I didn't want to be. But what I didn't realize is that to love myself, I don't have to do what other people need to do for themselves, which was part of my huge journey is like learning about boundaries and understanding that. And so um, I did this Tantra workshop and a light came on that day and I was like, oh, so I was able to call it energy care because I could very easily understand energy and energy levels. And those who have trouble with understanding that, just think of your phone. (laughs) If your phone's out of battery, it needs to be charged. It's going to be no good to you. And that concept resonated. I was like, okay, so instead of self-care, I thought of it as energy care. So like I don't care to go to the spa and get my nails done and take bubble baths. Like I was like that, bleh, that's a lot of work for me. I don't like those things. They just, they just take, that's not where I get my joy. Um, give me someone to talk to for a long time and have an intelligent conversation. That lights me up. That's self-care for me. That's energy oh. care. Cause it builds my energy. So it might not look like self-care, but if I think of it in terms of energy care, it's like anything that's like building up my energy, things that I enjoy that light me up, playing music with people, collaborating. I love that. That energizes me. But that doesn't look like the traditional self-care. Yeah, I love this because there's so much knowledge of self going on, which which, which is just brilliant. I often talk about the three pillars with my clients around this. And, and it's getting to know yourself to know what your self-care is. Like, like I guess 
the energetic hygiene is my version of that. Mm. So I'm careful with who I spend time with yep. um, and, and go for that place. But also because I'm a runner, I, I'm often in the woods in my trainers, like covered in mud. But so for that, for some people is like, God, isn't that really depleting? You run X number of K per day or every other day. But for me, that's that's completely energizing. I'm on my own. I'm with music, with music and I'm out in nature. And it, and it enables me to also then get the rest of my other self-care in, which is meeting people on the other side of the world on a Friday afternoon. Yay, carry in. <laughs> and I'll be energized. Like you're like saying running is it? And I'm just like, yeah. like yeah. I wanted to be a runner. And it's funny because we were just talking about like, we're both manifesting generators. <laughs> and it's like a manifesting generator. Once they decide an identity, that's their identity. and then. They can just as quickly go, I'm not that anymore. So like for a small season, I was a runner and I did the thing and I was not bad at it, but I never grew to love it. And then I was like, okay, I'm done being a runner. So I'm something else. Um, but I tried because, and I think I've only ever felt the runners high like once, but like, mm. I literally feel like I'm dying. I don't enjoy that. It's not what I do for energy. Um, so it's so interesting. Getting to know yourself is key. And I'm going to say that again. Getting to know yourself and who you are and what lights you up is key to you figuring out what your self-care looks like and what your embodiment of self is. Because if you try to do someone else's way, you're just conforming again. And so I was oh, always yeah, conforming. I love that. I Even love business, mm. right? Oh, you should market this way because this is the right way to do it. And I'm always like seeking out, how do I do it? And, and here's my self-talk. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at this because I don't do it other people's way and I don't know how to do it. But you know what? If I'm in my own wholeness, my own authenticity, my own energy, people just come out of the woodwork to me. They literally do because I'm a manifester that way. And if I'm living authentically in my own truth, my energy is what brings the right people in. You just kind of showed up, right? Like that's right there. How it is in the, I've been doing so much self-work energy work and like just grounding and and just taking a complete step back because I was saying yes and ignoring my subtle nose in my body for quite a while now to the point where I just burned out and I like a month ago and and I've been sick for like you know three out of the four weeks this month sore throat mm -hmm. throat chakra so mm, something going on there anyways um, so I've been sick and I've been healing and I've been doing so much internal work and growth and forgiving myself for getting it wrong and not holding to my boundaries and giving myself a lot of grace because the thing that I'm struggling with over and over again is like, well, I said yes. And so now to change my mind just is mean because I led people to believe that, and, and I was okay with something for a long time. And then all of a sudden I wasn't at all. 
my body was like, uh-uh. <laughs> and I don't know what to do with that because I'm like, I don't, I don't not like people. I don't not like those people. I just have to interact in a completely different way. And I have to be okay with that. But like, you have to be able to forgive yourself and to switch gears and to not hold shame about that. Anyway, so that's partly what I've been healing through and really like, and in the past week, clients have been dropping in, you dropped in, other podcast people dropped in. I've been meeting all kinds of people to like completely further my business because I've stopped doing the things even in my business that didn't feel good. Yeah. And that doesn't mean avoiding the things that are hard because I understand that life is not a, you know, just a base of roses. It can be, but there are still some thorns in the way sometimes that you have to just do. Um, But in general, my choices have to light me up and they have to, like, if someone says something about marketing or whatever, like, I, if my body cringes, I know that's a no, like, I I can't do it that way. It's going to feel forced. It's not going to feel authentic and it's not going to do anything. And it hasn't done a damn thing doing it that way. But all of a sudden stepping back and just being true to myself and saying the real things and it, that's speaking to people and that's bringing people in. So anyways, a little side note there. I, I love that side note that the, um, there's a little skit I saw recently, a little cartoon, and there's two caterpillars sitting on a leaf. And in the next shot, one of them's changed into a butterfly and the caterpillar turns around to the butterfly and the caterpillar says, you've changed. And the <laughs> butterfly says, yeah, we're, we're meant to. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, you know, and I'll I'll talk to my clients about that because it really, this changing thing is an okay thing. If you used to have a banana phase and now you're into apples and oranges, it's absolutely fine. Like society doesn't have a biggie about you choosing to eat a different fruit. And I would take that into every single subject matter that we have. But it's you know? hard when it's people. Yeah, because they get very attached to who you are and we get attached to who we are. Am I flaky now that I honor myself more? Does this mean societal programming, right? That is. There's also a massive amount of patriarchy in this conversation. The expectation, Mm -hmm. the the hormone driving us to serve, but also the expectation of what a woman a woman is. Mm. Like like is 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 she avoidant or actually is she just good with herself and getting on with her life? Mm-hmm. like you know so so you know teasing out those questions are, are really really important but in terms of alignment I love what you're saying here because it's very much the way I do things because if I don't follow that yes mm-hmm. and I'm getting an icky kind of not an icky like this terrifies me but I will do the public speaking right. event right 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 do, I'm like oh I'm scared like I'm going to hold my fear and I'm going to stand up and talk about what I do best because that's different from the icky feeling of like, it doesn't feel good to sell my coaching business this way. And I don't. I've I've made this really creative, beautiful Instagram full of empowered women. And and actually, you know, there's people out there saying, well, you ought to be talking about the pain points. No, I don't want to talk about the pain points. Oh my gosh, let's talk about that. I want to talk about what we can become. I want to inspire women to step into that place. I want to ask them where they could be if they choose to be. I want to know what they want to be. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go there. And yeah, the pain points will come up, but that's okay. 
because you're on your way to bliss as a birthright. Yum, yum, yum. Exactly. And it's funny because my one of my beta testers in my program, she's like, Kareen, Kareen gives you your birthright back. Like you gave me my birthright. And I was like, wow, you know, like that's big because she's like a coach and she like teaches Ayurveda and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like she's like very embodied and knows herself and and like has trained with a lot of people and done a lot of self-work and is very self-aware. And for her to say that my program changed her life and gave her her birthright back and she was able to tap into her sexuality and who she was. And she was like, now she, she, she wants to dress sexy for herself and prance down the street. She doesn't mind getting attention. She doesn't want to hide anymore. And it's like that transformation was done by shifting the programming. And like, we didn't talk about necessarily embodying your sexuality directly. We shifted the fucking programming and shame and guilt surrounded by it or or that surrounds all of that. And the undoing of that set her free. And that's so exciting. And the next step is like really embodying how to live with this new, this newness, this new freedom. Right. And so this is where I think you come in too, is like, like this juiciness that we can take once we're ready to design, once we give ourselves permission to design whatever it is that we desire in our relationships, now we can find all the things, you know, like yesterday I was at my daughter's graduation and I ran into one of her classmates is a burlesque dancer. And so I'm like, do you want to be on my podcast? And then her friend was there as well. And her, her friend and I were like totally aligned with like, are thinking too. And I love her. And I was just like, Ooh, she's got like, she's got like one of those minds, you know, she's a very, mm, (laughs) I was like, Ooh, I want to get in there and just have a great conversation. Um, And she's less like outwardly flamboyant. She's just very like Mm. poised. And I just, I love these kinds of conversations. She was like, Oh my God, word, you know, things I was saying, she was just like, word, word, yes, 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 yes. You know? And so you could tell like, there's people that also want to see this like they have this vision of of growth and where we want to be in life and that to me is the the juiciness of marketing to me but it's so hard because I've been stuck on like what's my pain point what's my pain point and what what do I want to help people get away from I don't know but I want people to have freedom it like it comes in all forms, the pain. I guess yeah. if you're tired of repeating the same patterns over and over again and you're tired of just not knowing what to do and just people, the thing is they don't know what their pain point is. I feel like the ones that are my people, mm-hmm. they just don't, I guess they just feel like they're just unsettled somehow. They don't know it's shame and guilt necessarily. So here I am writing about shame and guilt and they're like, I don't know shame. They don't even know because it's programmed into them. Yeah. They don't know till they know. <laughs> and then yeah, they're like, no. holy shit. I was so full of shame around that and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, my husband, um, he used to say to me, you know, like, oh, you know, every time I used to talk really animated and and really expose myself into the expansion of all of my ideas, this was maybe 15 years ago, and he used to say to me, like, 
oh, afterwards, you always seem so like you always apologize for what it is that you just said. And I didn't know that was shame. And here I am, like 15, 20 years later, standing up on podiums and talking about sex and talking about taboo and talking about cultural programming. My degree is in social anthropology. So the study of culture is is deep in me. And I want to unpack that. Like there's no right or wrong. But I do believe that we will all come here as this unique flame. And then what happens is events happen or cultures happen or families happen around you and it layers over that flame. Yeah. And before you know it, you're not shining bright. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I stand here for you to shine bright. So I'll use different processes to shed light on like, what? so why didn't that feel safe for you to do that, mm-hmm. even though you wanted to? Or why did you silence yourself there? Mm-hmm. Let's have a little look at that. What would you have really wanted to do? Mm-hmm. And then you feel the fear in the room. Wow, what I really wanted to say was like, you know, fuck the right off, right? Or whatever it whatever it was, or I need to get out of here, or or like this is my truth. It may be different from yours. I appreciate yours, but this is mine. And not just go, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like I find this stuff fascinating and I sometimes feel like I'm like a sniffer dog with my clients, you know, because because you you know they're talking and then all of a sudden you're like, let's go there. Yes, I just <laughs> know like, where to go. They don't even know that that's where we need to go. And I'm like, oh, I see the path right now. Yeah, that is the key. I can feel the keys there. We'll go there. We'll unpack that. And before you know it, yeah, you have a, a liberated person on your hands who, who who's willing to stand and get attention and use their voice and you know, all, all the things they wanted to do, which is what I'm interested in. It's not mm. it's not that their value system has to be the same as mine. No. I just I just want them to have the life that they wanted to be having. You know. Mm. So my um my method is the breaking free method that I created. And it's F-R-E-E, fantasize, release, embrace, empower. Lush. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. fantasizes that clarity phase, right? It's like, just let's just dream a little. It doesn't matter if you think it can come true or not. That's yeah. not the point. It's like dream, get out of yourself a little bit. Mm. What is it that if you didn't have any do's and don'ts, <laughs> what yeah. was it? What would you want? Like, what are your deepest desires? Don't be afraid to have them. And so in the program, one of the biggest things, right, is like there are no forbidden desires thoughts or emotions Mm. there's nothing forbidden like get rid of that notion that something is off limits you can think and desire and have any kind of emotion you want your desires might not always be able to come to fruition but we're going to do our very best to allow those things to come together ethically you know and if Mm -hmm. that means that you have a desire to be non-monogamous, then there's an ethical way to do that. And I'm very interested in doing it ethically and um, healthily and where you come as a whole person that you're not just going into non-monogamy because you're starved for sex or you don't like the person you're with. Mm -mm, That's not the world I'm bringing you in for that. Uh Uh-uh. I don't, I'm like gatekeeper to the, to the world of non, non-monogamy. I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm only bringing in some people who have done some healing work because I don't want drama coming into my world and there's enough of it. I want mm-hmm. embodied people. I want people who have chosen this for the right reasons 
and who see the value in connecting with others and opening themselves up and allowing themselves every experience that they want to have because they've chosen it, not because they think that they need to do other things. You know, like if you want that, if you desire that, if you have, you know, a a passion for something, let's explore it. And let's design your relationship around that. And let's figure out what both of you want. It's not just a one-sided thing. Like you can have these desires. She can have these desires. But somewhere we're going to come in the middle or we're going to realize that this is not a good fit. Exactly. And, And maybe it's time to move on, which is perfectly okay. And that's another layer of shame to get rid of, right? That it's okay to walk away when something's not right. Yeah, I was I was talking the other day about this and and I and we stumbled in the client session over like so who invented the concept that there is a one the one is he the one is she the one I was like which one are we, are we all one like you know because when you start to undo these concepts so I'm not interested in um whether or not someone wants to practice non-monogamy or or marriage well well I am actually or polyamory or whatever it is like people say to me oh my god I feel I can talk to you about anything well actually you can mm-hmm. you know that's what creates safety and it it creates desire fulfillment and and yes negotiation with people that you have loyalty to as well as yourself these are the things that we need to be considering here but you want to step into ownership for yourself mm-hmm. so right now you know there's quite a, a strong wave of polyamory going on in some circles right and the people who don't want that are kind of shaming themselves <laughs> because that's not their way. Mm-hmm. And the people who want to be polyamorous are shaming themselves because they're going against the cultural norm of marriage mm-hmm. or monogamy. There's loads of shame going on, but it's 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 about facilitating someone to really truly drop into what is authentic for them, not based on damaged attachment, not based on childhood trauma, not ba- you know, coming from that healthy place of like, I just want to do this with my heart and my body and my soul. Mm-hmm. right now for this next decade or however long I guarantee that when you step into that authenticity like life just opens up like the the friendships I have and the life that I have mm-hmm. is just so incredible like I don't owe anybody anything I don't I don't have to like manage all these people you know like I just get to step in have these beautiful deep authentic connections be completely myself no apologies for who I am and then I get to go back to my life and the things that I need to do and some people I keep in contact with almost daily some people not at all some people it's like every once in a while but it's always like we've not we've never not talked you know like it's just like this beautiful open connection with people and it's just so incredible to just step into a world that people are like-minded and they're just chill and relaxed and you can be sexy and you can, you're not judged for that. And you can just embody your sort of goddessness, right? Like as a woman and I just walk in and I can be in just a little black dress. that's very modest and I'm seen as just as sexy as if I come in something like lingerie like or whatever. And it's, it's literally 
your your inner self, your inner magnetism coming out when you step into your authenticity and just love who it is that you are and have no apology for that. When you can just step in and walk in a room, it's like, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It's yeah, it's I love I love that this. sexy now because I I just am. I just am who I am. Yeah, it doesn't matter what size a woman is either. Like they're equal larger women are equally sexy. When they walk in this space, they just own it. It's like you are amazingly beautiful and sexy and yeah. Mm. Yeah, authenticity is is so sexy. So oh, like yeah. You know, I talk about sexy or lit being an inside job, and it really is. When you're living from the inside, and again, I touch on it in the chapter that I had published, you know, it, it's that that creates the head turning, you know? And and so you, you can be lit up from the inside, having a bad hair day in your rain outfit in the garage, and, and the guy or the woman behind the counter is going to go, because because it's that spark yeah. that is, that is going to draw people in. People say to me, oh, you have so much energy. It, it it's like yeah it's because I'm true to myself you know and once we undo these cultural conditionings that you, you you know you were describing there you know you do you do get a lot closer to yourself but also it takes a lot of courage and I think this is where I would like to free up the culture around this because what happens if you don't have the courage is you're either going to lie to the people you love or you are going to lie to yourself and both hurt both hurt a lot and and so really although we are catalysts for people and triggers for people actually we're creating more safety we're creating healthy negotiation we're creating honest relationships where it's like this is what I want to do and I'm actually going to tell you (laughs) rather than like come home and say I was working late exactly like why I don't know and it's funny because some people you can tell they're so used to creating a story to justify their life mm. that they do it when they don't even need to do it. Yeah, that's like, right. what? Why would you say that? Like, why would you word it that way? That's not what happened at all. Like, you don't even need to. Why would someone shame you for that? Yeah. Why would you need to like put any? And you could tell that there's like when standing up for self or or <laughs> because it's a choice that you made for yourself. You can tell that the programming was there that indicated that they weren't allowed to do anything for themselves, that they have to turn it into something else yeah, in order for it to be okay or understood. And I'm like, okay, we need to stop paving the way here. You don't have to pave the way for acceptance. You get to stand in like... This is what happened. I'm late because blah, blah, blah. You know, like what literally happened or I can't go because this, like, I don't need to fabricate a story of why I can't go. I don't have to fabricate a story. I can say I can't attend because I have something else that I need to do or something came up or I don't have the energy for it. I'm allowed to say that. I don't have my to make up some story. Is, yeah. My social battery is dead. I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah. And I think this this sort of level of um authenticity, but also we've hit another word, which is accountability. Mm. You know, because accountability is actually such a liberating tool. And I absolutely love it. 
So it's like once I start to take accountability and with my clients also, I talk about radical Mm self-responsibility, radical self-responsibility. So if I have a strong desire or a dream that I want to fulfill, then I want to be completely honest with my environment around that and we'll work it out. But also accountability in terms of like my own behavior. So I love nailing myself, right? Like if if I was struggling to tell the truth, to be able to say, oh, you know, I'm really struggling to tell you the truth right now. Yeah. You know, or like, you know, whatever it would be for whatever person, you know, like I don't feel safe to to even voice what it is that I need to say right now. And it's probably nothing to do with that environment, although it could be. It's probably to do with my programming you talked about in your head or your childhood, wherever it is. But it nails me because in that moment where I make myself accountable for not voicing or not Mm -hmm. asserting my truth, then I get to look at like, oh, why? Why does this not feel safe to me? And and actually, it probably should. So what's what's a little storage in my nervous system that I need to reintegrate? Was I taught to be a good girl? Mm -hmm. Was I taught that I would go to hell? Was I taught that children should be seen and not heard? And I never really grew up out of that. And I'm still silencing myself. Mm. Was I taught that women were meant to be competitive, massive patriarchal technique there. Mm. And therefore, like, I can't just hit Corinne with like, let's jump on a podcast. We're two amazing women. Let's have a talk for an hour. Am I meant to be scared of you? Or like, we men are, you know, all that shit Mm. that goes on. I'm not interested in it. I, I'm so not interested, but but that for me is freedom. Oh yeah, me too. You know, freedom is in accountability to sort of say, I struggle with this, but I'd like to learn and grow. I was given this as a child, so I'm always expecting this. But as an adult, I want to expect something else. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful coaching container to have somebody support you into saying, I can create this level of safety for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I have done the hard work around this. It doesn't come from a, a textbook. It comes from, yeah, I've got a whole heap of qualifications. It's true. But it came from hard-earned life experiences. That's why I'm a really great coach, is the hard-earned life experiences, mm-hmm. where I, I had to sit and my life was in this scenario, and I had to work my way through it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the only reason why... It seems so worthwhile. Yes, my life is amazing right now. It really is. But like to map myself out of that pain and chaos and then be able to offer it to other people in pain and chaos, it makes it so much worthwhile than if I just did it for me, mm-hmm. that now I can do it for other people and say, it's okay, like I've got your back mm-hmm. and we will get there. You but know? imagine if you would have done all that just for other people, it would be completely different. So like either way, right? Like I have a burnout coach right now and um, she gave this analogy that I just thought was brilliant. And she's like, this idea of like filling your cup first. Right. And, and I've heard this over and over again, but it, it's like, it resonates, but not quite. She's like, you need to fill your cup until it overflows into the saucer and then you give from the saucer. And I was like, oh. <laughs> right? Like there's zero doubt there of how much you could give. It's so visual for me. And I'm like, so my cup's never empty then. I never have to empty my cup. 
It just overflows and I give from the overflow. That feels so lovely (laughs) because I'm never depleting myself. And it doesn't feel selfish because it's like, you know, like this is a beautiful thing. It's like I'm overflowing into this saucer on a regular basis. And people are getting like from this beautiful energy that's overflowing, bubbling out of me, right? Rather than me like pulling out, here's a little bit more for you, but oh God, how much more is left for me? You know, that feels selfish. But it's like, if I don't have to think about how much I can take out of the cup, then it feels so satisfying. And yeah, so the cup is non-negotiable, but the saucer is. You just need no, there was a saucer. No one fucking told you, and you hadn't worked out for yourself. Exactly. Like, I was, like, just like, I was using a mug, and yeah, it was yeah. just spilling onto the floor. But uh, the, I think the British people have it right, man. They've got a cup and a saucer. <laughs> and they're like, you know, holding their cups. Check out the size of my mug, babes. It's big. <laughs> It's it's a big, yeah, it's a big, big mug. (laughs) Fill me up. But but also like the idea that because you did this work and you chose to like look internally and work things out, like now you know how to fill your cup easily and you have this internal joy and peace because you are living in alignment Mm. and therefore your cup is flowing. So yeah. I think sometimes we have we feel like we need to fabricate this overflow or fabricate this filling our cup and we're filling it with things that should, you know, like let's say you let's say you are a tea drinker but you're filling your cup with coffee you know yeah. that's not authentic yeah. it's not lighting you up it's not you know, well, it goes back to the same thing, doesn't it? Of like, you know, like people are like, yeah, I should go running. I'm like, mm-hmm. not if that's the phrase you're using. There is no effort required for me to run. Absolutely none. I want to go. I can't wait to get out there. I smile when I'm running, you know? So it's like everybody finding their thing. And I was saying to a client the other day, um, who my mentor, and she was like, Oh, my clients have dried up on me. I've got people counseling. And I was like, how tired are you? She was like exhausted. My parent, both my parents are terminally ill. I was like, yeah. Like trusting also on some level that like as soon as she fills her cup up again and there is a saucer with some tea and people will come and drink from the tea. So the universe or whatever you want to call it will reflect back to you the circulation of chi going on in that moment. Like, like it is uncanny that when I'm really on the floor with period pain that my client will phone up and just sort of say, actually, I can't make today. Like it just happens Mm -hmm. because on some level they know, or somehow I know that I can't get, you know, I want to give caliber coaching sessions. I want to deliver high end, beautiful courses. Mm -hmm. Like like I have got you. I am attuned to you. I will pick up go next i'm not going to turn up half bait for that mm-hmm. but it does mean we need to build things in and i adjust you know seasonally i adjust you know cyclically with my own cycle i adjust mm-hmm. you know. yeah mm. okay you know the cup, cup and saucer analogy yeah so when you were talking about that lady mm. i'm thinking okay because 
you can't always see what's in the cup. Mm. But you can see if there's like overflow into a saucer. So think of a fountain. Like if the fountain is dried up, like a big fountain in a in a square, mm. people aren't going to throw pennies in it and make wishes and hang out around mm. it. I right? love they're going to they're yeah. be like, oh, this is dried up. Something's broken or something's wrong. This mm-hmm. isn't where I need to be right now. They're going to go hang out in other places. But with this fountain, if it's overflowing and filling the container underneath it, then people are joyful around it and they want to be in that space. So like the saucer, if it's full, it's like you're open for business. <laughs> yeah. So like the where I go on this also, which is what what motivates me in my work, is is how sexuality connects us to source, like mm-hmm. the, the source, the big source, the the life itself, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, what I discovered was the fact that that remained intact despite my difficult childhood, despite mm-hmm. that I was always the one that was walking through the room and it was pretty lit, right? But it, but it's also like I feed that into all areas of my life. So if if I make sure that that is really humming in me and that I haven't shut that down, there is a there is a I'm I'm wired into the big battery pack that is the world. That's how I arrived here. <laughs> that that's how wired in I am. So I I really encourage my clients in terms of, of terms of their own sexuality mm-hmm. to stay connected to it. Have a date with yourself, not just other people. Your body is yours. Make a relationship with it. Yeah. Yep. And this is all like what helps keep that cup nice and full. And then use it, which is my favorite niche, use it to fuel your self-leadership. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm running a course next year, nearly written it. Um called sex and sovereignty and it's really for women who want to awaken their sexuality further and step into their self-leadership further so so that course is designed for people who who are already a bit awake or maybe want to wake up a bit more their sexuality to look at like where do you cap your voice and how can we use like sexuality techniques to open your voice up more Uh, what is it you're dreaming in terms of your self-leadership because it's very hard as a woman and, and actually for all people's you know, to to really step in and take space without shame coming up, like you say, like like within the sisterhood, it's like if I shine really bright, am I going to cause inferiority over there? Which is a story I had going on. Like I I didn't I didn't use. Is it to like dra- the tall poppy syndrome? I think so. Yeah, you guys over there. Yeah. No, you know, I, like Australia's you know, like this has this tall poppy. And so one of the containers I was in, she was Australian, the leader. And she's like this whole concept of like the tall poppy that's sticking up over all the other flowers. Like you, this inkling is to cut it down so that the poppy field looks all the same. Right. Uh, And so it's the tall poppy syndrome. And so if you shine bigger than other people, you're going to like pull yourself down because you don't want to stand out. Yeah, I definitely had that. I definitely mm-hmm. had that. Um, so using your sexuality to fill your cup up and then shine wherever you want to shine with that full cup is a really key concept, I think, because mm-hmm. because it is very nourishing. And definitely, you know, the Taoists and some of the tantric practices, they're, they're not like getting in touch with their se- sexuality because necessarily they want great sex. 
course, it's a great spin-off. Mm-hmm. They're tapping into their sexuality because it's a health move. Mm. They feed their whole chi, their whole body system. They nurture their bones. They bring it up into their brain to have great ideas. Mm. And this I this I find magical, you know, that you they take it into their bloodstream as a part of their health practice. Mm-hmm. And so the sexual wellness movement really helps people include everything and in how they fill their cup and not have these off topics. Mm-hmm. And so, so getting a balance for some people, it's reading that really intellectual book for other people. It's having a really beautiful pleasure practice mm-hmm. and, and it, and for women particularly, it will change during your time of the month. You know, there's the duvet days. And then there's the days where you're like, babes, you know, let's get it on or I'm going out. <laughs> because mm-hmm. all I need right now is social mm-hmm. so really tuning into that and taking away the shame of of, of sexual need and one a relationship need and one or your love need and one right now I want to be loved like this mm-hmm. uh, and I think I, that's I probably one of the family. hardest things right is is for me um part of my programming over the years is like I'm too much. And what I ask for is selfish. Mm, What I need is selfish. Um, And part of that stem, like sexually, um, because, and where that stems from, I think is this whole idea that my body, my sexuality didn't belong to me. Like masturbation was wrong, even though I still did it. It was was always a sense of guilt, but I needed to do that to connect to myself kind of thing. But I- felt shame about it and I'd have to hide it and stuff. Um, but really in the end, what I was taught is that my body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my future husband. Mm. So like, I can't taint my body cause it, it's like his to discover. And so then you can't really ask for what you want. Cause you're there for his pleasure in some sick way. <laughs> right. Mm. Like that's the message. And I think I still struggle with that side of things. It's like, well, if I ask for this, that's not how quote unquote men are wired. They don't need all that foreplay and connection necessarily like I do. So I'm just getting in the way of their pleasure. This is a, a dialogue that is stuck on repeat in my mind, even though I know it's false. Yeah. And, and it's like, am I selfish for wanting that? Am I selfish for needing that is, and so then I'm stuck in my head having this like little dialogue of like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with wanting it. In the meantime, I'm so not present with what's actually happening. And Mm. now I'm resenting because I, have not been able to be honest about what it is that I want. And so now I'm in this sort of like negative, like pushing away kind of energy. And Mm -hmm. instead of just asking for what I really desire, I'm like Mm -hmm. saying what I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not very sexy. (laughs) It's not. And on some level, you know, there's this thing going on and I'm talking about truth again. It's like people make out like, like, like as though the person you're with isn't going to notice that you've gone into like a pushing away because you push away your own needs. You then push away the person who's making a demand on you or, or actually is just wanting to make love with you. But you couldn't ask for your own needs. Beautiful accountability. But 
sort of, um, you know, but all parties involved actually know. Just fucking stop and ask somebody, oh, I feel like you're not into this. Yeah, ask them. They probably aren't. <laughs> you're absolutely right. They're not. You're not making it up. You're if a prime. I'm not, if I'm not responding to anything, chances are. Like chances are, but, but sometimes I'm completely okay with that, right? Sometimes I'm like, I'm just helping you enter a space. I'm too tired and I don't really want anything for me. I can, I can help you and, and I'm, I'm happy to facilitate and to, you know, do Mm -hmm. things for you, but don't ask anything of me at that time. Like, Like, don't ask for fantasy talk. I am so not there, but I'm doing all the things for you and I'm good. Like, don't feel like you have to bring me in because I'm yeah. not going to get there. I don't have any interest in that right now. I, I just want to. But like, <laughs> the more you're like trying to get me in your same spot, I just, I just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because now it feels like an expectation. Whereas before mm-hmm. I was just giving. Mm. and and really like you're someone who's done a lot of work because because already in the terminology and the conversation you've described described there you're aware of these different places that you can visit because Mm. for some people it's either all in or it's it's all out where you're already negotiating with whoever you're with like do you know what I'm really happy to to like make it happen for you like I'm all good with that. Mm-hmm. There's there's some someone with a self-knowledge going on rather than like I don't want to do that and I find myself doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and, and it, all of these places okay, they're permissible places when you know that you're consciously visiting them. So when I've really solved my self-abandonment, like I kind of know that I'm with me wherever I am and therefore I can make really clear choices mm-hmm. and verbally negotiate what I want to have happen for me or it won't happen for whatever mm-hmm. reason, you know, because you can say, no, I'm, you know, actually I'm really, I'm really like not in the mood. I'm really depleted, but I'm really happy to do this. Like what's the menu? Right. Okay. So, so, so let's just go with that for a second here because I know we have to go in like a very short amount of time. Um, but for instance, okay, if I, because I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this. So for me, an energetic connection, um, it's not just cuddling for me. Like I love cuddling, but that doesn't do it for me. But I can, ha- when I have like an energetic connection, like I literally can have like an energetic body orgasm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if I'm not, turned on sexually and like my body's just not there like have my period whatever it's just not like I don't care to right now but I want my partner to quote unquote get off if you want to say it that way right that's something that I know that they enjoy and that helps them start that helps him start his day right sometimes like and and I know that if he has that release he just has a different energy, a warmth or whatever. And like for him, it's like getting a not negative energy out of his body, but like a, a tension out of his body so he can just be relaxed and be present. Yeah. So for me, sometimes just engaging with helping him get to that point 
and just helping him have a release, I get joy in that internally, even though I'm zero turned on sexually, zero. Mm -hmm. It's doing nothing for me sexually. But but I enjoy being there for him and and engaging with him, helping him whatever, self-pleasure, if you want to say it that way, right? Like I'm helping him masturbate in my mind, right? Like yeah. I'm just part of that process. I don't want to have to to enter sexually with him or fantasy or whatever, because I'm not there at all. But I can I can do things to help facilitate. Okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Right. But then afterwards, the the connection and cuddling, like when that's happened, like I, even this morning, it's like, I was like, my body was like, just like jerking almost from this intense, like beautiful, loving connection afterwards of his relaxed energy and my um, relaxed energy of just being happy to be in his presence and him being present and grateful and thankful. Like that was as fulfilling as an orgasm to me. So it's like, I know that it's a win-win, like, and it doesn't matter necessarily if I, but, and I like, let's just say it's like early in the morning. Like I've just like not even awake hardly, you know, but I have capacity to aid, but I don't have capacity to be in my body at that moment, you know? Um, So I think it's like being able to understand things and being able to own what it is that you want and to be able to say, Babe, I don't, I don't have those words for you. I just don't like there. There's no place I can gather them from to, to like help out your fantasy here. Like you're just, you're on your own, like in your head, you can say it out loud, but I'm not going to feed you with words of, of like descriptions of anything. I've got nothing right now. Like literally I am just an extension of you, but not your mind. Right. Like, so just being aware and not having shame about that allows me to be present for him, even though, and, and to release him of, of any responsibility to like, feel like he has to turn me on. Like, mm. no, 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 just, just enjoy. This is for you right now, because the benefit is like afterwards, the cuddling, that's going to fill me up completely because you're going to be so present mm. because you're able to be. Mm-hmm. and. I just think understanding that about yourself can release frustration about, you know, cause for a moment I was like, uh, you know, I, I feel bad that I'm not more into this or whatever. But then I was like, why? Like, like literally it's the best of both worlds here at this moment, at this time of day, <laughs> I'm usually asleep. So, you know, this is a win-win. <laughs> So, yeah, anyways, just little things like that. You look like you have something to to kind of add to that. Well, I just love the description here of somebody who's sought to increase their sexual repertoire because we can think that two people both have to orgasm in one lovemaking session. Mm. But actually, no, it's not always like that. There's sometimes just when it's authentic, when it's for real, 
the 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 heart of of like offering your partner what it is that they would like to experience right now is 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 the offering itself but we can again we've cut through a taboo or a fixed point here that no actually it has to look like this it has to look like in the movies and both people have to come at exactly the same time and the woman has to make this noise and you know <laughs> and actually it's not really like that it's like also like there's so many places in sexuality like that that we get caught up in what it should look like as opposed to missing the nuance of ah oh, when I do this for him afterwards like we both feel like this together mm-hmm. and that's that's my version of like a heart orgasm this morning yeah like I, I want to head towards that place he wants to go here on the way and then we both we both will be in that place it is win-win when it's very authentic but a level of trust with yourself and with your partner were key there to be able to step through all those things. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up in scenarios, yeah, where people are faking orgasms, you know, and well, that's lying. And yeah. I really understand why people do that. Mm-hmm. But I would love people to give themselves permission to sort of say, not up for that, but I'm up for this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what you just so beautifully described. Yeah, and and, and, and it is hard to navigate still sometimes, right? Because there's those yeah. little shameful voices that go, "Well, that that's not enough," or yeah. "That's not being fair," or "You're," you know, the the little words that I heard often, "You're being selfish." Yeah, yeah, that's because, a big one because you desire a heart orgasm. <laughs> you're being yeah. selfish, but the thing is, I needed more of a connection in order to be physically in my body. But um, I didn't need a physical orgasm. So I could forego that. Like, I didn't need that. I just wanted him to enjoy that because that's more what he needed and wanted at the time. But I didn't absolutely didn't need that. And what I love so often in these scenarios is the needs in the situation often dovetail and they fit together. Mm. And so I would really encourage anybody. And yeah, we have to wrap it up. But I would really encourage anybody to to you know really state their needs and wants but also sort of like it's so it's so okay to increase your repertoire so that these scenarios and after you've increased your repertoire ask your partner what their experience was Mm -hmm. whether that's right after or later on in the day or into the next day how was that for you yeah what was your experience because like with with the the situation you've just described there probably your guy is going to be like babes like that wasn't not enough that was more than enough Mm -hmm. I felt amazing for the next 24 hours Mm -hmm. I was thinking about you all day Mm -hmm. that made me shine and glow and so that so that they can help you counter that voice that was like oh when I when I do it like this it's not enough as opposed to like oh man my heart orgasm meets his physical need and the whole thing was just like one beautiful little champagne moment before the day even begun mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh I love that oh, okay we have to talk again because I want to talk about more dive in a little bit more sexually deep um Let's do I don't know if you have time in the next week if we could do another like a part two of this episode that would be amazing Oops. yes Yes. Okay. So let's do that because we've, I think we've laid a really great foundation of like where to start in -hmm. order to be able to get to the other stuff. Like we've just started to touch on how this, you know, can be embodied or how it, it shows up in our lives. I would like some more practical things on how your authenticity and your accountability, which I also say owning your shit instead of the word accountability, it's like own your shit, owning your shit. 
Um, anyways, so let's let's talk again. But before you go, is how can people find you? I'm going to put these things in the show notes. And do you have anything um, for the for my audience? Yes, yes. I have two things for your audience. So they can get my free meditation, which is a honeypot meditation for women to really connect with your pussy in a very loving, intimate way that, that's about awareness and consciousness. So there's no mm. push in that. Then I have my chapter that it was recently published by Own the Rights to How to Live Your Feral Self. Nice. But if anybody wants to contact me, go to my website, feralgrace.net. And actually, if we're going to do a part two, go go message Corinne and tell her what you want us to talk about. Like, ah. let's talk let's part two. <laughs> like, yeah, I love this stuff. I can't get enough of it. So we will mm. meet. Awesome. No, it's just such an easy conversation. I love I love meeting people like you. It's so great. Um, well, thank you so much, Chloe, for being here. I just really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I really look forward to our, our part two because this can be so much fun. <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you as i always say when it comes to sex positivity Mm. authenticity is the key yeah love that have a great day and i look forward to talking to you again soon bye oh i love conversations like this i hope you guys enjoy them too it's why i do what i do it's why i keep coming back When I'm having a bad day, I just have these kinds of conversations and it gives me so much energy. I love to talk about empowerment and how to lose shame and guilt, how to create energy in your life, how to stand up for yourself and hold your boundaries firm. It's really hard to do. We're not taught how to do this. And we're definitely not taught how to do this when it comes to our sexuality because Who wanted to really talk about that as we were growing up, especially as women? So we're kind of thrown into this world, trying to figure it out as we go. And then if you are trying to enter this world of non-monogamy, if that's, if that's one of your choices, like, what do you do? And how do you even process this? Um, We struggle to be in our bodies just in general. So of course it's going to be difficult to bring into this world. So that's why I'm here. That's why I want to help you. That's why I offer these kinds of conversations to really get clear on who you are because sexy is an inside job. Being lit is an inside job. It's not about where you go. It's not about who you talk to. It's not about the fun you're having other places. You get to generate the things that you get lit up by inside of you and and partly how you see the world, how you show up in the world makes the difference in how how you can have fun and show up and be there and be present. And that's magnetizing, that's sexy. That is what draws people to us. So really think of it as an inside job. Let's get rid of shame and guilt that keeps us trapped and keeps us stuck. You know, we've talked a lot about the social and cultural side of shame. And um, Chloe's going to come back and we're going to talk about the sexual and relational side of shame and how that that affects our relationships. But I hope that you got a lot out of it. 
Like I said, the links are going to be in the show notes. She's giving me the link for the show notes of the chapter of her book so that you can have a read of that chapter. It It's going to be so great. And then uh, keep an ear out for Sex and Sovereignty, which comes out um, in the new year. So I just loved this conversation. And share it with your friends. Please like and subscribe to the mailing list. Uh, leave us a review on Podchaser or uh, iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. It helps us get the ratings up and helps the message get out to more people. Don't forget about my eight-week program, Breaking Free from Conformity. I would love to have you there in the new year. I will be starting two more cohorts with um, couples and singles. So there's going to be options for two kinds of cohorts. And that will be starting in January. So hit me up, send me a message, book a call, book a discovery call, and let's talk about what we can do and how we can work together. I love you all. Have an amazing week. And I will probably see you in two weeks with another episode. I am still trying to decide if I'm ready to to put out a podcast every week yet. Um, but thank you for your patience. Thank you for continued patience. If a podcast comes out, it will be on Wednesday. I'll never go more than two weeks without a podcast. So I believe there will be one next week because I do have another one, but, um, I'm not going to promise. So just stay tuned and check in on Wednesdays. All right. If there's no podcast next week, it just gives you a chance to catch up. I love you all. Have an amazing week. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself, You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Corrine, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at CorrineBedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.